Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, July the 6th, and the 14-game featured slate kicking off at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on DraftKings. We're also going to talk about some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook, but before we get to either of those two things, let's talk about prize picks. If you head over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMNMLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. So do that, and then insert these picks into your lineup on Tuesday, the first prop I like on tomorrow's slate. Let's talk about Cedric Mullins, newly all-star minted Cedric Mullins of the Baltimore Orioles. He and the Orioles are going up against Steven Matz and the Blue Jays, but not really Steven Matz. I mean, Steven Matz is going to start this game, but it'll be his second start since being activated from the COVID IL In his first start, he only threw 48 pitches, did not make it through three innings. I would expect maybe 60, 65 pitches from Mats on Tuesday, and then a whole lot of a Blue Jays bullpen that has not been good the past six weeks. So I think in general, this is a pretty good opportunity for the Baltimore lineup that has hit left-handed pitching very well so far this season but Mullins is a great guy to target in a game like this where you might get two plate appearances against Mats and then three plate appearances against bullpen arms because he's got a 138 WRC plus against left-handed pitching and a 161 WRC plus against right-handed pitching so there's no split where Cedric Mullins has been anything but marvelous so far in 2021 that's why he's an all-star that's why he's got 15 home runs and 15 stolen bases so leading off for the Orioles I think there's an opportunity here for him to get five plate appearances and definitely get over seven and a half fantasy points on Tuesday the other bat I like to go over their fantasy point prop on prize picks is Pete Alonzo who is going up against Brett Anderson of the Brewers. Anderson is coming off the IL to make this start, and I feel like the Brewers probably wish he needed another week on the IL. Uh, Anderson has a 7.20 expected ERA so far this season. That is across 12 starts, 48 innings. We are not dealing with that small a sample anymore when it comes to Brett Anderson. He's just not having a good season, and Pete Alonso has been hitting left-handed pitching exceedingly well in 2021. He's got a 300 isolated power and a 140 WRC plus within the split. Anderson is a pretty weak left-handed pitcher to begin with, but when you factor in the handedness advantage that Alonzo is going to have on Tuesday, I think he gets over seven fantasy points in this particular matchup. So Pete Alonzo over seven, Cedric Mullins over seven and a half, on prize picks on Tuesday. Okay, let's get to that 14-game slate. And you are hearing me right. It is a 14-game slate. We found out on Monday night that despite Tropicana Field having a roof, being a domed stadium, they are going to postpone the Cleveland-Tampa Bay game on Tuesday. 
uh, due to an incoming tropical storm. So not a 15 gamer, just a 14 gamer. That will be a double header on Wednesday. So that does limit a couple of our pitching options, but this is still a slate with a lot of good pitching. And it is headlined, of course, by Jacob deGrom. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time on DeGrom because obviously if Jacob DeGrom is pitching, Jacob DeGrom is viable. But let's talk about some other guys in his price tier who could be acceptable pivots. And I think one name that is going to pop up a lot tomorrow is Aaron Nola because it's a very interesting conversation when it comes to Aaron Nola. Uh, June was really a, a microcosm of his season as a whole where the surface numbers were not great, but some of the underlying statistics gave you a little bit of optimism. So it's it's really a matter of how much do you trust normalization to come through on Tuesday. Because Nola's pitching a lot better uh, than some of his numbers might suggest. For the season, 4.44 ERA, but a 3.32 XFIP. So already, a little unlucky, according to some of the ERA estimators. However, in June... He was giving up over two home runs per nine, so not great. You could say he earned his six ERA in the month, but at the same time, he's got nearly a 32% strikeout rate, so he's mitigating opposing contact and just is great for a fantasy perspective, but a 29.2% home run to fly ball ratio just isn't going to continue. Uh, that's why he had a 2.87 XFIP in the month of June. So again, the advanced numbers love Aaron Nola. The surface stats say he's not pitching well lately. I don't know. The strikeout numbers have been amazing in his last two starts in particular, but really in three of his past four starts. And you would think that would persist on Tuesday against the Chicago Cubs, a team that strikes out like no other. You go back the last 30 days entering play on Monday, the Chicago Cubs have a 30% strikeout rate in that span of time. That is by far the highest mark in all of baseball. They also have just a 73 WRC plus in that 30-day span. Not shockingly, that is the worst number in all of baseball. So it's hard to find a better matchup for a pitcher than the Cubs right now. And I think Nola is due for a little luck. So at $10,000, I'm not going to say he's a better play than Jacob DeGrom, but I think there's some value there with the potential to save, you know, $1.5,000. And also, you know, it's the Cubs. It really is. That's what it comes down to. So you've got a good pitcher. You've got a great matchup. I think Nola is viable on Tuesday. Uh, Luis Castillo is another name I wanted to talk about. It's been a while since I talked about Luis Castillo. Part of that is just he doesn't happen to pitch on some of the days I do these videos, but kind of swore off the guy. Uh, in late April, early May, had been uh, flummoxed by him, to say the least, in the early part of the season. But it seems like Castillo is finally, finally coming around for the Cincinnati Reds. His past four starts, a 1.71 ERA, a 2.43 FIP, and he's got 26 strikeouts in 26 and a third innings. Now, that's not peak Luis Castillo strikeout production. However, the stuff seems to be back, and that's really the key takeaway here. He's using his fastball more often, and he's using it more often because it's actually the fastball he used to have 
and used to have success with. Um, when you look at his first start of the season back on April the 1st, the average fastball velocity in that start was just 94.8 miles per hour. In his last start against the Padres on July 1st, average fastball velocity of 98 miles per hour. So that's just such an obvious difference and an obvious reason as to why the success has started to come back to Luis Castillo. So $8,500, he's actually been above 9000 in most of his most recent starts. So this is a bit of a price decrease. It's a nice buying opportunity, and it's a really good matchup against the Royals. KC across the last 30 days, they have just a 88 WRC+. plus. That is the worst mark in the American League. So really good matchup. Go into a pitcher's park, and he's just been pitching a lot better as of late. So I think Luis Castillo is back in the circle of trust, as hard as it is for me to believe that. Uh, and $8,500 is a pretty nice price to use the guy at. Last pitcher I want to talk about, John Gray comes in at $7,300. I know there's this narrative that John Gray is better at Coors Field, and I understand that his ERA is like three full runs lower at Coors than it is on the road so far in 2021, but no one's better at Coors Field. If you look at the underlying statistics, he's actually got a much better FIP on the road this season, a 3.66 FIP away from Coors. The only reason he's had success at Coors is the BAPIP is below 200 at Coors, where on the road, it's 378. That's not going to persist. That's not a sustainable thing, especially for someone who's as good at mitigating hard contact as John Gray has been so far this season. Just a 2.9% barrels per plate appearance rate. That is the fifth lowest qualified mark in baseball. A big part of that is the launch angle suppression. Uh, John Gray has a 52% ground ball rate coming into this start. So someone who is away from the altitude, someone who has pitched better than some of his surface numbers might indicate, uh, someone who's done a great job of really limiting opponent barrels and opponent hard contact. All of that's great, and then you factor in that he's going up against a Diamondbacks team that has just a 117 ISO in its past 30 days, which is the lowest mark in all of baseball. So another great matchup, another good price point. Gray, just $7,300. I think this is a really good opportunity to use Gray, and we will actually get back to this game when we talk about some best bets in just a second. But let's talk bats very briefly. My top stack on this loaded 14-game slate is the New York Yankees going up against Justice Sheffield of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Sheffield, sort of my new Garrett Richards in a way. Uh, always looking for guys who have really just started to unravel across their last five or six starts, and that is most definitely the case with Sheffield. Not that he was pitching great in April and in May. He was walking everybody, but... Now the hard contact has really been the concern, not so much the walks, although the walks are not great. It's still just a Sheffield. Uh, but for the season, 72 innings pitched, 6.35 expected ERA. His past five starts, all in June, a 439 opponent Woba. Uh, for the season, 11.6% of his batted ball events have been barreled. That is the third highest qualified rate in all of baseball. And in the last six starts, that specific red flag has been amplified. Um, 15 barrels in his last 98 batted ball events. That is a 
15.3% occurrence rate. Um, I mean, he's had starts where he's given up as many as four barrels in that span of time. That is ridiculous. Uh, and the Yankees, you know, maybe some of the surface numbers haven't been there this season, but the one thing they have still done consistently is hit the ball hard. It's not always at the best launch angle, but they hit the ball hard, and that should really work out against Justice Sheffield. Uh, the Yankees, you know, they've just got some good numbers, too. Uh, you got Aaron Judge. You've got Gary Sanchez. You've got Giancarlo Stanton, Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela. Uh, Voigt's just $4,200. Urshela's just 4100 So you get some bats in the middle of that order that you don't have to pay absurd prices for. And if we're being honest, Gary Sanchez is red hot. He's only $5,100. Sometimes we do like to punt at catcher. That's a great way to save some money. Uh, but if you're paying up, $5,100 is not too, too steep. And Judge at $5,400, I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is starting to get towards like $7,000. $5,400 isn't exactly uh, paying top dollar anymore. So that's a pretty good value, I think, for Judge. But even if you can just go Stanton, Voigt, and Gio Urshela, uh, just get a piece of this Yankees lineup. I think they're going to do some serious damage against Justice Sheffield on Tuesday. Okay, I teased the best bets. I teased getting back to that game between Colorado and Arizona. I have no idea why the total for this game is as high as it is. Uh, eight and a half. The under is minus 106 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I love the under in this game. I don't even know if these teams can score five runs, let alone nine. Um, Colorado on the road, the numbers are just hilariously bad. They have a 100 ISO and a 57 WRC+. plus when they're not in the altitude, easily the worst marks in all of baseball. It's not even close. They are in a different stratosphere when it comes to struggling on the road. Uh, we already talked about John Gray, who I like. I think he's a perfectly fine pitcher, and I like him more when he's not pitching at Coors Field. And then you've got Merrill Kelly, who has been pretty good lately. Uh, we picked on Merrill Kelly a little bit to start the season. Uh He's only allowed four earned runs in his last three starts. That is a span of 20 innings. He's got a 3.32 FIP when pitching in Arizona so far this season. Um, so I think you've got two, you know, reasonably good pitchers taking the mound. You've got two offenses who are among the worst in baseball, uh, Colorado when they are on the road. That is kind of a caveat there. But um, again, I just don't see how these lineups combine to score nine runs. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. Or if one of these teams manages to score five or six, it's more than likely that the other team will struggle to score at all. So I really think this number might go down to eight, maybe even seven and a half, probably eight. But if you can bet it at eight and a half, do it right now. I already have. Uh, the other game I like a lot on tomorrow's slate, on Tuesday's slate, I've had a little bit of trouble with run line bets so far this season, but I am uh, nothing if not persistent. So let's go back to the well. Let's take the Mets on the run line at minus 107. Again, this is Jacob deGrom against Brett Anderson. I don't think you could have a more lopsided pitching matchup. I mean, I, th I think even if you were allowed to, to put any two pitchers against each other, this is probably the most lopsided pitching matchup you could come up with. Uh, in fact, among all National League pitchers with at least 40 innings thrown so far in 2021, DeGrom has the lowest expected ERA at 1.40. Anderson has the highest expected ERA 
at 7.20. The Mets have also been really good at home. Uh, coming into play on Monday, they are 24-11 when playing at City Field. That doesn't account for run line, but still, the Mets tend to win games when they're playing at home. Jacob deGrom tends to not allow any runs. Brett Anderson tends to get beat up a little bit, so I think the run line is very much in play here. The fact it's only minus 107 is really, really tempting. I would expect that to move as well as we get closer and closer to the first pitch, but those are my two favorite bets. Mets on the run line, and then the under between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, and that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys tomorrow. 